It's December the 10th, 1520. Snow has fallen overnight in Wittenberg. Exactly two months ago to the day, Luther had received the papal bull condemning him as a heretic and calling him to recant of his teaching within 60 days or face excommunication. Luther's time is up. He stands in front of a large bonfire, his eyes fixed on the flames. Just behind him, it looks as if the entire town are coming to join him. Father, please guide and protect your servant. Please, grant me courage to declare the truth boldly, as I should. Standing alongside Luther as the crowd begins to gather is Philip Melanchthon, his colleague and friend from the university. 23 years old and 14 years Luther's junior, Melanchthon has become Luther's close friend and theological ally. All of Wittenberg is here, and many of our good colleagues at the university. I see Professor Armstorff, and there is Chancellor Karlstadt. Two and a half years earlier, Luther's students and all Wittenberg had gathered in this same place in front of another bonfire. Johann Tetzel, indulgent salesman that he was, had taken offence at Luther's 95 Theses. In fact, he had personally threatened to burn Luther as a heretic. Tetzel also oversaw the publication of 106 counter-theses in defence of the Pope's authority to sell indulgences. But when copies of the work arrived in Wittenberg, Luther's students were indignant. They built a bonfire outside the Elster Gate, just as they have done today, and threw the work in the flames. Luther steps onto an upturned barrel in front of the fire. Facing the crowd, he feels the heat on his back. For a moment, comforting, and then disquieting. When on this same site, the fire was ignited over Tetzel's absurdities. I was not aware of, nor did I wholly approve of those actions, because I thought that the Pope would see sense, acknowledge his errors, and begin reformation within the church. I was wrong. The Pope and his satellites call for the same to happen to me as happened to the words of Tetzel. Chains. Fire and flames, I am called ignorant, stupid and unlearned, a pathetic imitator. They roar and rage against me, against all of you. They declare Germans heavy, drunken blockheads. What shall we say? How are we to respond? This odious despotism, which blinds and keeps poor souls in chains, must be stopped. So I am compelled to answer them in their own language. Satan is intolerant of the light. He resorts to a thousand ways to subterfuge, evasion and misdirection. But the Pope and his lies will not prevail. It is impossible. Glory, power, Victory, salvation, and honor are worthy of the Lamb that was slain and rose again. All these are ours, together with Him. 
They are the sole possession of everyone who believes that Christ was slain and rose again for them. Christ on our behalf will prevail. I know some call me too ferocious, but if a lion is met with a wolf, the lion must rage if he is to prevail. I am a violent physician for violent times. I often wish God had called another, but alas, God has called me. So I take out my sword. We must strike a blow at the wolf, this pestilent pontiff who viciously preys on Christ's flock. Stepping off the barrel, Luther moves closer to the flames. He holds up the papal bull that called him to recant. The die is cast. Since they have burned my books, I burn the bull. Luther's students have come prepared. They have armloads of letters and pamphlets written against Luther. They brought not only copies of the papal bull, but also copies of all the Pope's pronouncements, the canon law itself. All of them become fuel for the fire. The Holy Church throughout the world, O Lord, confesses thee. That thou the eternal Father art of boundless majesty. Thine honor, true and only Son, and Holy Ghost, the Spring of never ceasing joy. Crowds slowly disperse, and the flames slowly die. Luther's students parade through the streets with a copy of the papal bull impaled on a sword. Frederick, Luther's protector, had anticipated Luther's burning of the papal bull. A master of diplomacy, Frederick knew he had to tread carefully with the Pope and the Emperor. As a result, he never did officially or publicly declare support for Luther, but he did write a letter to Emperor Charles V on Luther's behalf. If Martin Luther has retaliated by burning the papal bull, I hope that his imperial majesty will graciously overlook it. Luther ought not to be condemned unheard, nor ought his books to be burned. Though his protector's castle is just down the cobbled street from where Luther lived in his cloister, Luther had little personal contact with Frederick. But secretly, in a personal letter to Luther, he declared him to be... The finger of God. You teach not as the scribes and Pharisees, but as the mouth and organ of almighty power. However, his private encouragement would not be enough to save Luther. 
His colleagues at the university warned him that he would end up just like the papal bull, charred and consumed by the flames, and they with him. But Luther is undaunted as he returns to his tiny study. So far, I have merely fooled with this business of the Pope. Luther stands and walks over to the window. He watches as the smoke climbs into the sky, high above Wittenberg. It's now visible to everyone in Europe, including Pope Leo X. Thank you for joining us. Before we go any further, here's a question for reflection. When Luther's students burned Johann Tetzel's condemnation of Luther, Luther did not approve. Why do you think, two and a half years later, Luther was now willing to burn the Pope's condemnation of him? And because you've made it this far, here's a glimpse of what's coming next. We prescribe and enjoin that the men in question are everywhere to be denounced publicly as excommunicated. They are to be strictly shunned by all faithful Christians. We decree the sentences of excommunication, of anathema, of our perpetual condemnation and interdict, of privation of dignities, honors, and property on them and their descendants. Rupert Wickham is Martin Luther, Douglas Bond is our writer, Rob Jorgensen is our audio producer and sound designer, and John Campbell composes our music. Find out more about the series at lutherinrealtime.com and do spread the word if you like it. Your ratings, reviews and shares really help. And by the way, Luther in Real Time is just one of a whole family of podcasts produced by Ligonier Ministries. Check the show notes for some others I think you'll enjoy. I'm Barry Cooper. Join us again 500 years ago for the next episode of Luther in Real Time.